You're listening to Theology Untucked with Tim and Caleb. Our aim, as always, is to help the people of God understand, love, and enjoy the Word of God. For more information, visit us at theologyuntucked.com. Welcome to another episode of Theology Untucked with Tim and Caleb. Today's episode is Reflections on Parenting. And now, here are your hosts and theologians, Curiosum, <laughs> Tim and Caleb. Hey, Caleb. How you doing? Uh, I'm all right. Are you a theologian, Curiosum, tonight with regards to reflecting on parenting? Uh, I didn't even know what that word was. Yeah, that was when one of mine. Sent that to me. I I always Curi- I always love Curiosum. how we post up these words. Neither of us know Latin, but uh, that's something I actually have a book on my shelf to uh, to learn ecclesiastical Latin at some point. But but uh, so we just include the words in because they're fun. You're an elitist. You sound like an elitist. Yes. Well, an elitist that wants to read things in their original writing sometimes, or at least be able to interact with it. So all that means is curious theologians. I'm certainly. So, would you always consider? Were you? Were you? Did your parents say that you were a curious child? Um, a curious child. Uh, one that. Yeah, yeah, it would. I mean, if something needed to be done, I didn't wait around to learn how to do it. I just kind of figured it out. That was kind of. That's what my mom and dad hmm. said. That you're, you're curious. That was a nice way of saying I was off the wall crazy. <laughs> and there. <laughs> Well, I, you know, honestly, it's actually how I got into theology at all in the first place is, you know, people were asking about, you know, I, you know, when you, when did you know you want to be a pastor or go to seminary, any of these things? And I said, honestly, this is just what I do for a hobby. I, it, when I have a spare yeah. time, I yeah. sit down and read about this, listen to people that talk about it. Um, you know, I want to know what the Bible says and uh, found out that, uh, you know, what I was interested in. Uh, became something I was good at, and then right in front of me became a need that opened up. I don't. What a novel idea! Like you wanted to know what the Bible said. I know. I, I remember. Just I, read your King James version. Yeah, I was about. <laughs> I was nineteen, and I was on a plane uh, flying back home, and I was reading Genesis. And this older woman was sitting next to me on the plane, and. She says, wow, are you in seminary or something? I was like, no, I'm actually a pre-med student. And, you know, that was my plan at the time. And she was just like, well, I, who reads Genesis? I mean, who like just sits down and reads Genesis? <laughs> and I, I honestly thought it was one of the weirdest questions. I was like, why why wouldn't everyone? I mean, she considered herself a Christian, too. Uh, just even from the earliest that's, time, that's never made even sense more bizarre. What's that? That's even more bizarre. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, I'm course in the in the bible belt of the south and i've always been amazed like you know introducing yourself meeting him for the first time caleb oh that's an interest like uh where does that come from i've, I've never heard yeah what's that <laughs> and and uh of course like you know in mississippi everybody goes to church somewhere yeah. not everybody but Everybody, you know, probably at least a good majority of them i always said the biggest identify as christian and they've never heard the name caleb before yeah like, hmm. I, I always joked when I was I was growing. I grew up North Mississippi, uh, right right south of Memphis, and I always joked that the uh, the biggest traffic jams were always Wednesday evening. Everyone coming home from work and going to Wednesday evening services, and so you always had the biggest traffic on uh, on that time between like five and six thirty on Wednesday nights. Uh, man, so were you here long enough to get rid of any of your southern? Twang. So I grew up down there my entire life. I was 21 is when I moved away. Um, I my parents though were from Minnesota, and so you'll uh, you'll hear a tiny bit of that in there. Um, but uh, it's kind of funny. So my parents from Minnesota. I was homeschooled most of the time, uh, North Mississippi, Memphis, Tennessee area, and then for college I went to Boston, and then now I live in New York and. I married a girl from Long Island, and neither of us have accents uh, of any massive, um, obvious, you know, origin. And so, weirdo. Yeah, I know a lot of people say that. So, like, her mom is as 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 uh, as Long Island as it gets, and we have fun with that sometimes. 
it's always good to hear though i i love accents kind of wish i had something that was interesting but uh you know every time i go back to the south or talk to you a little too much it comes back a little bit <laughs> yeah it, it, it's interesting how that happens uh, um so we, you know we visited earlier about you know i've got uh and we'll talk about this more maybe we'll have this uh scholar on on interview i got my first audible um contract for narration on my voice so um yeah so that that's been interesting of course he we're messaging before we got on here and um he's like yeah i'm gonna send you uh I'm going to send you all of the uh, ways I want you to pronounce some certain words. And it's a children's I'm book, like, yeah. right? I mean, did you mention that it's a children's book? One of those big cardboard things. It's like thirteen ninety nine on the back. Yeah, planes. <laughs> it's, it's got six pages. Big plane in sky. No, it's actually... A, no, it's 106,000 words. Book. I can't even believe that you're reading that. <laughs> um, and it's a scholar. It's a scholar's book. Um and anyway, yeah, so I'm really excited about it. And it, it's just really interesting. I, I was like, I really do think that it's divine intervention because some of the research stuff, you know, there's just some touch points there. But anyway, you know, he, I was like, uh, you know, he's, he's sending me all of these, you know, just a few words, that, like the way he wants me to pronounce it. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm having to get rid of my West Texas draw. But, um, <laughs> and he's like, well, he's like, I'm actually um, – you know, from Texas myself. Um, but he's like, I list, you know, I've watched a lot of British TV and that helped with me getting rid of it. And I'm like, well, I was like, maybe I'll start watching Downton Abbey with my wife. Hon- now. Honestly, but, it, it, not enough money in the world to get me to watch British TV shows anymore. <laughs> some of them are pretty good, man. They can act and they can, man, you talk about can do a Southern accent. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it is. It's, it's, it's really uncanny how they can do they can do a southern accent better than southern now you might not but anyway so i'm telling him you might not know it to look at me i I don't do stuff like that i'm 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 more sci-fi tv shows i'm i'm battlestar galactica and stuff like that kind of nerdy weirdness yeah firefly is still the best show in the world uh, in all of history and but i'm not like a downton abbey romance guy um but i was like well maybe i can start doing that but i was like it I don't know it's going to help because I'm like, I moved to Mississippi and he, he just responded. Yeah. That one's not going to help you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so I got it. I've got it, uh, double bad when they're not wanting any kind of Southern dialect or Western draw. Um, but anyway, Mm -hmm. they say, you know, you just, when you're reading things, you're trying to, you try to do it natural, but anyway, it's, uh, one could argue interesting, draws are natural, but yes. Interesting thing about about dialects and and the way that just the words evolve. I guess that's where I'm really weird. I I dig stuff like that. So anyway, the episode is on family family and parenting. Why would we talk about family? parenting and stuff you know honestly this was kind of my request one of those one of those topics that you don't really deal you know there's there's a lot of books written on this topic and most of them are written by morons and it's really frustrating to to see bad advice float around uh as if it is biblical or if that is uh, theologically sound in some way when in reality most of them are just expressions of our culture and nothing more and so it's, it's one of those things that I've had to work through. Um, I have four children and, uh, you know, my eldest became a teenager. My youngest was born this past summer. So we got the whole kind of range around here. And it, it is, a, it is a, a path that I think everyone should take at some point, uh, a path of parenting and raising kids. It makes you question your own sanity. Uh, and just about everything else about you, and I, I find it one of the one of the neatest places where a theology reveals itself. And so I thought mm. I thought it uh, a, a curious thing to sit down and uh, as a theologian's curiosum, uh, I think we should sit down and just mull it over a bit. Uh, we live in a, a, a time period, a culture that is downplaying the family in just about every single way it possibly can. Um, you know, we're in the middle of an election season. We're in the middle of uh, cultural 
destruction on levels of philosophical, levels familial, uh, and levels theological. And they're all intertwined, and most people don't even realize that. It's interesting that you brought up the election, because I was going to try to figure out some way to segue into it. And <laughs> that, so whatever time that you're listening, we're, we're about, what, eight days from the election? Well, this is Tuesday something night, like that? so it's one From week the presidential out. election? One week and, out. Yeah, we're at the end of October. Well, right? How about those two families that were choosing between? Yeah. Uh, I tell you, some of my favorite choices are not running. <laughs> That's really unfortunate. And there's some choices that I, I consider off limits for me uh, due to due to my uh, not just views on abortion, but on the reality of, of abortion itself. Strangely has turned me into a single issue voter when people push it and celebrate it. Um, I, I remember... R.C. Sproul, um, who I really still wish we had with us, um, he made this statement once, and it really stuck in me. Uh, going, you know, I don't care who somebody or what office someone's running for, if they're uh, if they're pushing the the murder of babies inside their moms, I don't care if he's running for dog catcher, he ain't getting my vote. Now he didn't say yeah. it as careless as I say it there, but not the same effect. And I, I yeah, the same that, there's an interesting dynamic that's happened with the, I guess, well, we're going to go ahead and go there. These are topics we're not supposed to talk about. It's like me being curiosum. I guess you're not voting for Biden. No. No. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I guess I'll, I'll be, I'll be up, up front about it. Um, I've probably been more critical of of Donald Trump. Actually, I've probably been more critical of Republicans um, my, my whole life, but especially these past few years. Probably more critical um, than than Democrats, but but for different reasons. And and one of them has to do with this whole abortion issue because you know they're going to run on tickets and get this evangelical vote saying that they're pro-life and they do not one thing right to but but however um i believe that christians we we've got a responsibility number one and actually we've seen this in history you know the in in the roman culture um and i did, did some study on this that you know, it, it was common practice for them to um, let their babies and and let them die of exposure. Um, and then, so yeah. you know, what happened the as they you know stoicism gets to be more popular. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it it, it wasn't ve it was a horrible thing to let your baby just die out there in the street. So what they would do is strangle the baby. Um, so it doesn't suffer, but, th but this went on, but you have Christendom growing and growing in the Roman empire. And, and by the time of the second century, I, and now, like I said, this is, this is conjecture on my part, but I, I do find it interesting that as Christianity grew, um, and, and, and even still in a pagan culture, it, that practice, um, of, of killing and, and aborting babies um, was was banished. It, you know, there was an edict that, that banned it in the second century, um, and I do believe that that was because of the of the Judeo Christian influence. So we the the point is is we have a responsibility, and we have the ability to affect policy in this in this country. Mm -hmm. So, not Mister. Trump, QAnon, whatever, and, and whether Trump is is for it or or not, or what he says means absolutely nothing. But he he knows that he has to be. He knows he has the evangelical. Well, he, here's, here's, Man, we just got a really good uh, Supreme Court appointee. Right, and here's kind of the way I look at it. Right in 2016, I. I, even even after coming out of the out of the voting booth and everything, I I just told him, looked at my wife and I said I had to hold my nose and vote for him. I don't like this you guy. I don't like it. I said, but if there's any chance that we're looking at 
you know, Supreme Court justices any chance that we can be a part of affecting change in this one area, then I, I see it as I have to, but I understand if other people can't. At this time... And no matter who you are, Republican or Democrat, right. shouldn't we be more critical of our family, so to speak? Oh, that's you, you know, that's like, almost a foregone um, dismissal. Nobody, nobody criticizes their own side because they just they see that as as traitorous, and I I do not. I personally, I'm I not even. Not I'm not. I'm not even um, registered as Republican. I'm registered in a Constitution Party, but honestly, we don't ever get enough <laughs> uh, votes to make any difference, so we end up voting Republican anyway. But it's it is it is kind of one of these things that is so frustrating. Um, because people act like if you vote for something, then that means that you stand for everything on that side. I don't. Um, I really don't. Uh, there's there's issues on there. I, so what I'm focused on this time and why I will now happily vote the way I'm going to vote here in a week is the effects of somebody who's already been in office, especially on things like the Supreme Court. And, and everyone focuses on the Supreme Court. Look at the lower courts, the, the 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 federal courts, the district courts. It's unparalleledly different. Um, mm -hmm. That, unfortunately, is about to become, in my view, some of the only places that's going to be the last bastion of continuing this this culture the way it is, um, which is is upholding a rule of law, upholding a constitution. I, I think when people are starting to take their oaths of office, even when I, I listened to Amy uh, Justice Amy Coney Barrett uh, last night, you know, defending against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that second half I think is is about to become much more obvious why it's a part of that oath for so long, um, because that that's just something that we're going to have to probably walk through in some really weird ways in the upcoming future. I mean, you look at last night, riots again in Philadelphia, tonight, warning of peoples in the, in, in the four digits of, of amounts of people rioting, looting again. Uh, and, and, you know, we're looking at this going like, you know, it's, this is, this is not a healthy culture. Some, something's dreadfully wrong. And, um, all, all I can say is here at it, seemingly the bottom of the barrel, I hope. Um, I, I have my concerns for where the actual bottom is, but um, if, if I'm going to be a part of something, it's going to ensure that any voice I have is going to say, you know what, at least we can agree on this. Killing kids ain't going to do. Mm -mm. And, and there is no... and. You do not have to be a Christian to even hold this. Science holds to this. Yeah, you don't have to spiritualize it. We know it. when life starts. There is no way to argue the whole clump of cells nonsense or anything. You, if you're if you're doing this, you're just you're just putting forth a political opinion. It's not a viably religious one. It is not a viably scientific one. Life does not begin when someone takes the breath. Life does not begin at a random point of viability. Uh, and and that viability stuff is nonsense anyway. No newborn is viable on their own. They have to be fed. They have to be cared for. The exposure will not do. So I mean, it's just every argument that comes up is just insufficient. And and as far as I'm concerned, it comes from a lack of understanding of what the family is. And so it may seem weird that we're going to have uh, this discussion here about parenting during an election season where so many other things are going on. But I honestly think this is one of the biggest issues that nobody's talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, it really is a, a war on the family. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, I also say this when we, when we talk about that, this idea of abortion, we also understand that, that there's a lot of believers too, um, that have a lot of, you know, maybe former shame, on it Correct. um and and so you know we also we want to encourage and 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 say there's yes there is grace there there is forgiveness there, there is no damnation um for the faithful for for a mistake that that you made the, the um, first the so, first step on the road to recovery and grace is admitting it wasn't an acceptable thing yeah Actually, it's, actually, it's admit to yourself to what it was. You have to. Be, you will never, if, if you are listening to this and, and you have gone down that road, please do not hear dismissive tones in our voices. 
Please hear. You are indeed carrying a weight that is Mm -hmm. unimaginable to us. Um, but imaginable on another side because we simply know what sin is and yeah. and you will not find joy or hope in denying what you did i don't care what political party makes you assuage that guilt you will never get me to tell you it was okay or it was understandable it's not it wasn't it was wrong but we'll also tell you that there is grace correct um, correct and and so what whatever side of the fence that you're on with that that shame is the way that that enemy plays that game is 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 really dirty he doesn't he doesn't play fair mm-hmm. um and so for 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 believers for the faithful that I'm specifically addressing that you you can move you can move past it yeah. um you you are forgiven um understand that the the weight of that but that's also why policy matters mm-hmm. um i i can imagine i can use my imagination at least in some way i haven't been a teenage girl but if if i could imagine well, Caleb, myself, i can imagine the- that that would be a very scared place and vulnerable place yeah. to be and then to not you know, to have the ability now lawfully to be, right. first of all, underage and pregnant and not wanting to tell your religious parents or non-religious, but it doesn't really, like that, 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 that would be a very difficult thing to have to do. And the world's teaching you and telling and you, you that it's totally okay to do this. You don't have a worldview no capable one, of fighting it. Right. Yeah. And, and, and a young child's mind just doesn't have the ability to think so um, whatever you, whatever you did or didn't do, there's grace. We just want we want to talk about that. So let's let's talk more about this idea of family and how it really kind of wraps around the Bible and theology. Because mm-hmm. from from Genesis to Revelation, we have this just several different familial themes right. that are running throughout Genesis to Revelation. Is there any kind of specific? theme maybe that sticks out or a favorite yeah marriage um and children Uh, it comes out everywhere it's everywhere from adam and eve in the very beginning to the marriage supper of the lamb between the second person of the trinity and the church at the very end in the book of revelation you have children you have i'm actually you know that assignment that was due last week about the images of the church and stuff for our class yeah so i haven't turned that in yet uh, <laughs> I'm late. Uh, one, one of my images of the church that I'm supposed to be doing reflection on um, is sons of God um, or mm. son of God, right? And, you know, the Old Testament parallel to that is, is Israel is called that. Um, you know, and so, so are... Um, Angels? So, yeah, so, so was Ezekiel, some of the prophets. So, so was Ezekiel, there, so was Daniel. There was a lot, yeah. of, lot of flow over. Um, and... Um, yeah, I, I always find some of the coolest imagery um, coming from family pictures. Jesus, the Son of God, the Father. Now, we're joint heirs with him, adopted into the family. He is our Father. You know, and it's just, it is, it's wrapped into theology at a level that almost no other image is. Um, it, it is the first place we learn about authority, and so it, it, it informs how we interact with God. Uh, when we come into this world, we have to take certain things as presuppositions. That teaches us the basis of reality, that it has a presuppositional base. I, I can't come into this world and say, you know what, parents, uh, I know you tell me you were there when I was born, but I don't believe you. There are some things that you just have to take as presuppositional because they were here before you. And so you have to wrestle with reality. Where was truth before I was around? You know, I mean, all of these things for me come together in this picture of of family Um, and and the way we interact with family, the way we look at the family tells us a whole lot about our theology. Well, and it tells from a mental health perspective, there's there's a reason why why that they want to know about your like in criminology, mm-hmm. it, like you, you want to know about Upbringing. the childhood, right. um, but 
because it 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 says a lot mm-hmm. um now of course when i when i think of the ideas of of mental health and so the the secular unspiritual parts going to always want to know about the family and the early life and the early upbringing we'll, we'll look what happens in the bible mm-hmm. um with with covenant relationship number one um and then israel and and god's relationship to it and, and there's a reason why that 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 language that familial language is is used now let's not ultra spiritualize it let's just look at say let's just look at the the jewish culture that we still have today well you have the longest race of people that have lived on the earth that have the longest tradition of some kind of boundaries of familial structure in it Mm -hmm. um and and so there's something to be there's something to be said for that that doesn't mean that Jews are superior. Or it, no, it makes sense from a mental health perspective that you have a long tradition of belongingness, of, of, of a stable family. Right. There's a belongingness, and so you have story. identity, right? A story um, there individual, that you're part of. Individual, and so I, I look at it individually, it, it, from individual identity to corporate community mm-hmm. identity with within the family, um, and and then of course if you, you look at look at the community outside of maybe your familiar relatives genealogically Mm -hmm. you know that the church is our family right um that those pictures those pictures continue on so many different levels and they really do affect us and they're kind of the way our culture interacts with them we will raise individual over the communal almost every time uh at least until recently now we're going to throw out the individual and replace it with the community <laughs> in reality you should be holding both it's really important i mean look at look at the way that even um you know you, you you watch disney cartoons for instance right and i i used to watch these with my girls and it i always noticed how quick the stories are to assume uh, some higher morality or or value placed on a relationship that is based on something that makes you happy, something that, like for instance, you know, uh, Snow White or Cinderella or, or Aurora or whatever. Um, all of these, they're looking not to be in, for instance, an arranged marriage, which at the time was stabilizing for the kingdom, for their family. For their descendants they instead wanted to seek romantic love here and, and and base their personal life on that even if it did the kingdom harm yeah you know and and regardless of where you fall on things like arranged marriages and stuff that's not really the topic here it, it's it's looking at the importance of individual over the communal and the communal says the other thing we have you know something else entirely and the individual means nothing. I think there's, there's of course, a, a give and take on this. Um, but I think the reality is when, when we're looking at these, the way these things break down, the way we talk about them changes with the way we see their value. Um, if, if a mm. relationship is important to us, we, we heighten its value and, and deaden down others rather than trying to lift them all up in some way. And so we say, for instance, you know what's what's up played so much right now is oh here's my children i'll do anything for my children hmm. when do you ever see it being lifted up as a high value thing to say that same thing about your spouse hmm. yet yet your spouse should be your primary devotion that's the one you've actually made vows to that's the one you've actually committed to and that's the one you're actually going to be living with your whole life and without that relationship being healthy that relationship with those kids is even if it's healthy between you and them, kids need two parents. There's a reason why yes. there's a father and a mother involved because they both bring things to the table. And and when you have such a monolithic view of this, uh, such as, well, I'm just gonna raise my kids and, and not really focus on my marriage so much, you're not gonna be able to focus on your kids. And your kids are mm-hmm. going to be raised one-sided even if you do a good job because kids yeah. are not supposed to be raised by just one person. Yeah. That 
I didn't really understand all of these ideas to at, at least the gravity of it until I had a child. Um, and, and even it was, I was very immature when I had my first child, even though I was older than everybody else. But I, 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 I just, I really feel the weight of it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk to the listeners on studying the Bible with your kids. Like, what does that look like? How is that, is that a, is that a regimen? Is it, um, is it cumbersome for them or for you? A lot of parents, I think, don't know necessarily how to. You know, mm-hmm. m- my child and I started like when she was three. I started having her recite the Westminster Catechism. Nice, really seriously, and she memorized. But right. <laughs> then I took a break from it because it was really just religious activity. She didn't know what she was doing, right. and so right. you know, now as a teenager, we're kind of just I'm, I'm like read. Read one psalm and read one proverb every day. Let's do that, and then we'll study it. Um, that's kind of what we're doing, but do you have any kind of suggestion on that? Yeah, so, I mean, the the reality is there is no one-size-fits-all. And I think that if—and if, this this is yeah. one of the issues with, with parenting books that are out there that claim to be Christian parenting books. By the way, the vast majority of them are neither uh, Christian nor good parenting books. Um, but the— you know, there is no one size fits all for this. Um, there's a myriad of different things that we have done over the years. Um, there's uh, Marty Markowski did a great book. Uh, I'm trying to remember the title of it. Um, it's like the Gospel Story Bible, something like this. Anyway, um, you can just look it up through his book uh, or through his name rather. And it, it was it was a really good one-page summation of a biblical story that tied it into the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the scriptures. And it was, it was a remarkable work, really great when my kids were, when my girls were like, you know, seven and nine, good stuff. That's not going to work so much for them now and today. It, it could be interesting and so forth. But, but for them now, I, I actually don't um, take them through a book. I take them straight through the scriptures. At, at morning breakfast, we sit down and we read yeah. a chapter from the gospels with very little commentary i know that probably sounds strange because you know i'm I'm going through matthew right now the things that i could add to it because my dissertation is on that book um are, are pretty huge but i don't i want them to just interact with the text and and let me say this to parents who mm. want it is the scriptures who bring life it is mm-hmm. the scriptures who can speak these things to your children. You do not need catechisms. Catechisms are very helpful and awesome. And I'm going to be starting my eldest daughter on um, on on the 1689 Second London Baptist Confession um, here soon. I want her to be familiar with that. But I have not started that with them as little kids. Um, I, I, I honestly hold to a much older idea that actually theological education belongs in the church. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, and yeah. and it belongs in the home. For our home, most of the time, um, for their childhood, I, that's been kind of one and the same. We lived in the parsonage, and their dad was their pastor. So that that kind of morphed those lines in ways that I can't really clearly delineate um, for everyone. But for us, that's where it was at. And so your your children should be in church. And when I say church, I do not mean youth group. Yeah. I think youth groups are are not dropping them off at vacation Bible school. Right. Well, if babies. if you want to do that for game time and stuff like that, great. But for the theological education, no, they need to be in the services with the adults, with you sitting there. They need to see their dad singing to his savior. They need to see that. You know, they need to see their parents learning and loving what they're learning. They need to see these things in action because I can't tell you how many churches I have been to where they intentionally keep kids, I I use the term pejoratively, anyone under 18 out of the morning services and only have them in youth group, period. They've never seen a church service. They become 18, then they move them to their college groups because we're almost afraid of losing them because church is so boring, supposedly. But church isn't boring. The exegesis of the scriptures is not boring. None of these things are. And and the fact that we're saying that means that we just have a bunch of grown-up children that don't know what in the heck they're supposed to be doing in a church service. They're not just observers. They're involved. Um, listening is part of worship. 
And, and, and the fact that we have forgotten all of these things means that we're not doing it at home either. Doesn't the Bible say something that faith come through hearing? Yes, and hearing comes through not a good devotional, but the word of God. Um, and so so parents, if you're out there and you want to do this, don't, don't go look for the neatest devotional book, this and that. No, no. start small. One chapter, breakfast table. That's what we do right now. Okay, I have six years of theological education, uh, 11 years of other. I, that's all we do. Do you know why? It's because when they sit there and they actually hear the words of Christ himself falling on their ears, that is where the spirit of God does really deep work. Okay. You will be amazed at what you will learn from them. Correct. Spiritually. You, you I, should see them I, respond to this. Like when they just come out, they're like, well, man, he was really angry right there. It's like, yeah, I mean, we read, what was it, Matthew 23 just the other day, where he's just, woe to you Pharisees, this and that. You're making people twice the children of hell than you are. You know, I mean, just like, you're tithing mint and dill and cumin, and you don't even think of mercy. And I mean, like, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, and you know. And they ask the best questions, too. They they ask the, that, that's why I spend so much time with the youth, because I'm kind of a youth myself, but they ask the best questions. Yes, they do. Um, and they have no limits so, in the questions they'll ask. <laughs> and, and so, you know, if you happen to maybe even kind of grow up in a tradition that maybe that's where it kind of turned you off from church because you were maybe shamed or something. But, man, that you want to encourage that. Absolutely. Like, you should have you should have questions. And, and, um, and they should have some questions that you can't answer. That's exactly what I was about to say. When they come up with questions that you cannot answer because you cannot be... Get excited. Yeah, not only get excited, get excited that you're about to learn something too. And go yeah. find your pastor. Go find somebody who can answer that question for you. If you have no one in your life, you can email Put us. Put in a Benny Hinn VH, VHS tape. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> if you can't find anyone that can help you out with the answers, email us. We'll help. Will help. Well, I yeah, I have had to answer questions that I never even thought of, and we may not know, and we are going to get excited about that. I know. Too. I just anticipate. Um, I love being able to tell somebody. You know what? I don't know. Let's go find out. What does this mean? It happens. This is. It happens weird. all the time in my church history class on Thursday nights. Um, we're in the middle of the uh, the the late 1600s right now, and. Um, we're talking about you know the the effects of the Thirty Years' War and all this kind of stuff, and and every once in a while, uh, one of the people in my class will just come up and go, you know, what what about this here? You know, what 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 was this effect? And I was like, you know, I've never even asked that question. I haven't even considered that angle. Uh, how about you go look at it this week? I'll go look at it this week. Next Thursday, we're gonna come back and we're gonna surprise each other. And I do that yeah, we all would, the time. We want to have different perspective. We want to have. Um, so for, for you teachers that are out there, don't don't be whether whether it's youth or adults, you can probably get by with just giving them some answer to adults, but you can't with kids. Nope. They know they, they will eat your lunch if they think you're being they, disingenuous, and they can yeah, smell they it. will find that weakness. Real, and, and I mean that's definitely something you, you know you feel like you're supposed to be the one that has the answer when you're, but no, you, you, you we want you to be confident we we all want to be more confident in what the bible says but don't ever feel like you have to get an answer in fact do not to say i don't know that is good let's explore that mm -hmm. um but then if you know it um it's that's always good too and that that's i guess how i've grown that's why i love teachers and that's also why i love youth pastors but i i also have I guess my heart goes out to them because they know the gravity of the of what they're having to do, the weight that they put on themselves mm -hmm. because parents aren't doing what they're supposed to do. Now, and that's that's where they you have a a family that's married and together and living this American dream. Let's not even include all the brokenness that's that's out there yeah. that we've got to deal with it that the whole idea of kids getting dropped off um yeah. for youth program and and putting all that weight on the pastors well i mean tim imagine that you're at a church where you have 
give um, give me 12 spiritually healthy people over 12,000 people any day. Yes. Literally can move mountains. I, I used to say this uh, to my church. We were a smaller church. And I, I would say this to him. I truly meant it. I'd, I'll take the 60 of you over 600 of anybody. You know, I mean, absolutely. You know, I the the heart of of the people of God joined together with common purpose to to reach people for Christ, to have the Word of Christ dwell in them richly. I I honestly looked up to the people that I got to serve with so much, and I respected I respected the crap out of them. And, and that's what drove me into that pulpit every Sunday, the fear of God and the respect of the people of God. Uh, and, and pastors, if, if that's not what's driving you into the pulpit every week, find out why not. Uh, there, there needs to be that kind of a fire there. That needs There needs to be the ability to challenge you. There needs to be the uh, questions that you've never considered. Don't feel threatened by that. Be happy that your people that you get to serve sometimes and oftentimes think of angles that you never considered. You both are better off with, with working through stuff like that. And I'll say the same thing to parents, parents do not be intimidated when your kids ask you questions you can't answer. This is a good day. This is a They're good always opportunities. Day, you know, and those are great opportunities. You know, and the best opportunities. It's it's I, my my eldest daughter asked me a, a question when she was about nine years old that I literally had never considered before. I was in the middle of mm-hmm. getting my master's in divinity, and I just you know how you just kind of like go down a road for all these years and you just never back up to consider one of the presuppositions and 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 mm-hmm. how you dealt with something at the beginning. It was it was basically challenging and it was awesome and I loved that it came out of my kid and that kind of that kind of moment for a parent is just awesome. Um, let's talk about some of the harder stuff though. What was one of the hardest yeah, so, issues you've had or had to work through as a so parent? The, well, so we were talking about this the um, well, it was yesterday actually we were kind of going through. Um, you know, I ha- I have my daughter. Um, she reads one psalm one proverb um and i mean that's something that that i encourage adults to do you know you can read one proverb a day and three psalms every day and in 30 days you'll have read all of that and then you start over and i'm not saying that that's all you do so but five psalms um five psalms there's 150 is it five psalms? yeah five psalms one proverb yeah you read five both psalms every month yeah yeah yeah, about once a day. Um, and but it, it, don't re- it's amazing to for and that was that's that's advice that's given to adults and and Sarah here I am giving it to my child. She's she's fourteen. Um, and man, it, it it's just it comes it comes to life in them. Yeah. Um, you you can you can see it. You tell them to avoid um, the imprecatory psalms, right? Those are just too bad. And those are mean. Only, only the good, encouraging, nice psalms, right? Not the ones that talk about uh, God destroying his enemies or anything, right? No, we 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 really like all the ones that are <laughs> really difficult. Actually, my family, believe it or not, yeah, um, yeah, we like all the weird stuff. But so the question kind of came up on the ideas of authority, mm-hmm. um, and you know, she was asking, you know, one of the questions about you know women being silent and all this type of stuff, and mm-hmm. I. I was glad she did because, you know, it, and I'm not going to go into it too far, but, but basically part of that message is, is like, well, that the idea of me being an, an authority over my family and the idea of spiritual authority is wildly different thing in the Bible and the way that Jesus taught us to live that out compared to what the world's going to tell you and, and compared to the way a lot of religions going to assert some kind of authority and so i i want to ask you on that from from a pastor's perspective but from from just a lay person that's just a dude in the church Mm -hmm. my i recognize spiritual authority it is something i willfully submit submit myself to but i willfully submit myself to it because of uh, and I just, you know, 
plug for my church and, and, and where I serve at Cross Point that there's a reason why I go to church where I do. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Dr. Dean Register is a, he is a disciple. He is a servant. There is no, um, boastful assertion of authority. Um, right. and, and I want now I also, I watch and observe that carefully mm-hmm. for a year before I made a decision that this is where my family was going to serve. And, and the reason I say that, you know, we talk about false teachers and stuff a lot. Um, and I just see, I see pastors and lay people get in dangerous situations yep. when they feel like this person's supposed to assert this control and authority. Right. And you, they're vulnerable men just like you and I. Um, so there's a lot of things that we've got to observe, you know, with the people that we are going to be submissive there, to from a spiritual authority. There is I, a, and I submit myself to your authority from to to a certain level. But, I mean, we're also, as Tim and I have known each other a little bit, but, I mean, we're still always studying, discerning, even each other. And, and that's the way we, we should be. Not Not in a... Not in a like, I'm suspicious of Tim, but it's care of that it's discipleship. It's it's loving each other well. I, if I'm doing something off, I I want Tim to observe that in me right. to to say something. That is it, honestly what you're getting at. There is the very reason why the list of qualifications in the New Testament for a pastor. The first place it says to look is to his family. How mm. does he use his authority? What does he do? Does he abuse? Mm-hmm. Does he destroy? Does he tear down? Does he does he instigate anger? Is he destructive? If he cannot manage his house well, he will not manage the house of the Lord well. It is not unequiv it, it, it is it is unequivocal in the way it is talking about these things. And and I find it amazing. Um, when when I deal with you know church you know search teams things like this, their only concern is theological. That's it. But isn't that a theological? I mean, like a test, like a modernistic. Right. What is your what is your list of doctrines? And it damn well better line up exactly with ours. Otherwise, we got a huge problem. And yeah. nowhere in those questionnaires that I've ever really dealt with is how's your home life? How's your relationship with your children? What does it look like? Nothing, nothing of that. And now whether there's legal issues with that, I don't even care. All I'm doing is observing (laughs) that the way that we are looking to hire pastors, the way we are looking at authority is completely backwards. It is not about what you think it is about what you have done. And it the, the focus on these on on these things now it, it is also about what you think because, but that will come out in what you do. What is the inevitable outcome of that man's theology? It what he's doing in his family is what he will do in the church. And here's one of the weirder parts about it: what he does in his family is a reflection of what he thinks God is doing to him. Hmm. And so when I say that looking at the way you parent, looking at the relationship that you have in your own house, that is going to tell me a whole lot about your theology. One of the the most difficult things I ever had to work through was how to correct my children, the issue of discipline. Mm -hmm. For me, and I'm not going to settle the question for people for all times, but for me... I could not find myself physically disciplining my children without losing every one of the Christian virtues. I'll, yeah, we, I'll, I, we don't lay a hand. I'll on, never um, forget the way in which I had to learn this. I was yeah. teaching on the fruits of the spirit uh, in, 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 in a, in a Sunday school setting. And I will never forget in the middle of prepping all these things, turning and correcting my daughters who were fighting in the other room mm-hmm. and then turning right back and trying to prep this lesson. 
mm. on gentleness and kindness mm. and self-control. And that for me was the most important moment in challenging the way I was parenting my children that I've ever experienced. And from that day on, it actually truly changed every single way I approach my kids thoroughly. And I started out classically American, you know, spanking's a, a great thing, even if it is a last resort, this and that, or normal resort, who knows, whatever. Um, never really even challenged the idea, never really thought it through. And um, wherever you fall on that, I'm not even, I, I, this is, that's not even the topic I'm talking about. All I'm going to say is, look at the way that you correct your children. Look at the way you interact with them. And I had to ask myself this question. I want to ask you that question. Do you set aside the fruits of the spirit, the virtues of the Christian life, when you interact with your children, when they are wrong? And if you do, may I suggest that it is not consistent or becoming of a Christian? And that reflected in the way I pastored. That ended up reflecting in the way I treated my wife, my children, everyone. The way I treat, treated those who I ministered to. I'm not going to come mm -hmm. and intimidate. I am not going to set aside the Christian virtues in order to accomplish what I want. I am going to be gentle. I'm going to be kind. I am also going to be forceful when it's necessary. Because all of these things doesn't mean spineless. If you cannot come out of the Gospels and hear Jesus being spineless. No. It is it is a meekness, a strength that is reserved. That, that actually allows gentleness to do its corrective work before stricter means are necessary. And, and that, that for me was one of the, one of the bigger hallmarks uh, and harder issues of parenting to work through. Uh, because I mean, that's, that's ever the eternal question, isn't it? Is, is how do I make these crazy kids, uh, you know, do what they ought to do without making them hate me? <laughs> and yeah. you know, that, that kind of, that kind of question is worth reflecting on is, they are going to hate you if you think or if you are representing God to them in the way you're saying stuff, but then the way you're doing stuff has nothing to do with being a Christian. That's just that's just going to send them not only mixed messages, it's going to send them a message about God that I'm quite certain you do not want them receiving. Yeah. So we'll talk about maybe beating kids in in more detail in another episode. Yes. <laughs> Sounds great, <laughs> but please, um, I'm not trying to make light of it. Um, it's a huge issue, I, and nobody talks about it's it. It's a, yeah, I, I think that I think that that's a, a good topic. You know, for how, us I tell you to, what, how about we add another one to that list, and that is beating your spouse. Well, that's where I was going to bring yeah. up. I was going to bring up do, well, I know, and this is a full topic episode because no um, my thoughts on divorce are are wildly different than what probably you're have been taught. So it there's there's two ends of the spectrum. Do, do people Yeah, um, we'll, we'll that are Christians now this is I'm talking about the family of of God mm -hmm. here. I'm talking about believers. It, we we know that the world does what they do, but we also know that the in the evangelical world the um the divorce rates ride at about the same. However, I have a big problem with how we assign either offices within the church and or think of someone spiritually because maybe they stayed married and he's a brutal, abusive, and he may not even beat her. There, you can have abuse in, in all sorts of ways. Um, and you're not going to fool the discerning on that. You're, you're just not. I, I've seen so many pastors that get up there and shame their wives every Sunday. What? Um, I'd say I'm, I'm not going to stand on that. Like when I'm saying, when we look at the family, all of a sudden, like if you're someone that comes from divorce, that you're all of a sudden not in the club. Guess what? God, God is a divorcee. So we really need to think biblically and healthy about it not build a whole theology around one scripture verse um 
That definitely sounds like at least a whole other episode. There. There's there's a lot to unpack in there, and we will certainly do so. There is a lot. Yeah, certainly. Do um, so. I, I just wanted to make sure I'm communicating, uh, and not. I mean, I'm I'm not sure exactly where where you land on that, but um, I'll let you. Tim I'll let is you. not saying <laughs> that you stay with a with a with a man with a husband that is abusing you and beating you. No, uh, uh, actually, so I won't let you stay in 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 suspense around that. Um, those things are illegal. There is an authority that is higher even than him uh, in that house. And that is with regards to legal ramifications. Take him into the police. Go to the police. These things need to be dealt with. Um, I, I have literally had to deal with these issues um, with people that... Yeah. So I've had to... The enemy uses I've had that, to deal with these first hands. Take them to the yeah. police. Uh, t- turn them in. You will not ever solve this problem by ignoring it. Well, if someone's talking to me. I mean, I have a legal right to, I mean, whether they want to or not. If, if there's something, if there's harm going on, right? Um, to to turn them in to the police, and I don't care if it's the pastor or deacon or I. I the only all the more reason to turn them in. I mean, all the mercy. More reason, yeah. <laughs> Now, now you're talking about issues that are so deep and bizarre. I, that's crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. So we, I just don't. We don't want women are in a vulnerable position, and um, and honestly, they need that to be goes safe. two ways. And kids need to be. Safe. There are some men that are in relationships the same. These these are huge issues on both sides. Absolutely, and, and on all sides, it does not matter. I don't care one whit for gender on this issue. If you are in in a relationship like that, I do not care what way that's going. If it is if it has reached illegal levels, take legal action. That that is. But a, the first practical step is is go, get, out, get out, get away. Get help. Um, um, and so people that can't get out and get away, that's that's where your heart just you know they're in women are in vulnerable positions you know maybe she's a house maybe she doesn't have you know all of the these types of things come up in these conversations i know that you've had and um that these are these are just very real issues yeah. now that doesn't mean that healing is not outside of the realm of possibility for for anything mm-hmm. from personal experience um god can do amazing things to heal all kinds of things mm-hmm. Uh, within your marriage but um man i, I can honest, honest I honestly say but when my my wife and i were younger there, there ain't no there ain't no way she should have stayed with me um you, you know i i don't think it ever got to that where we should have gotten divorced but you know if if i'm looking at, at something and maybe maybe it's a little bit hypocritical I, you know the first thing i'm saying get away um, and then I, I may, I, I would, it, I, and I have advised that you, this is a relationship that is no longer safe or viable uh, and staying with them it is really gets to be a, a selfish thing, it can. whether it's for religious, religious things or not, because what happens is it starts damaging the ones that are even more vulnerable when there's kids involved. And that's where your heart breaks. Right. And, and it's just where yeah, there's there's a number of relationships that get hurt, and 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 people that carry on uh, become more bold and more bold. They do not actually improve themselves, and they end up taking out that kind of abusive behavior in almost every other sphere of their life. Eventually, it spills over and harms people that you're not intending. Um, so this the same thing goes with all of these. I mean, when we're talking about the issue of parenting. Um, marriage and of course all sorts of things will come up with this I, I think a good way to to end a reflections on parenting is 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 simply realizing that theology has so much to do with it how, oh. how you see God treating you is going to affect the way you interact with your children and your spouse and if if those relationships are on the rocks and going insane may I suggest that you sit back and say maybe it's not just the practical effects of life and the stresses of life that are causing this maybe there's something bigger going on i can assure you 
Um, we have been through one of the most stressful years of our family's entire life. Um, maybe not one of, it is the most stressful year, hopefully the most stressful year ever. Um, and we are not in a situation where we are destroying relationships left and right between parents mm -hmm. and children or between spouses. Um, theology has a lot to do with this. Um, mm -hmm. uh, good foundations beforehand have a lot to do with this good family nearby has a lot to do with this good relationships with our in-laws has a lot to do with this uh, working on those things for years ahead of time when they weren't necessary had a lot to do with this um, and just suggesting out there that if everything is disintegrating around maybe we are looking at a theological misunderstanding if, if you're finding yourself mistreating your children and, and hating yourself for this. I've been there. I've been there. I know what that feels like. And it's showing you that you actually think something about God that is not true. And that is that I he would is also, not always caring for his children. I would also add, too, and that would be, because this, this is where I, I failed, is not enough attention the neglect of mm -hmm. being there because we have we have a god who enters in to our world and so that's what i think about tension we're in this tense world no matter what you go through with individually in life you're gonna have it three four hundred time fold when you are married and when you are a parent however man how beautiful is it with the relationship with the family when you come out the other side on that mm -hmm. um and and are in it and can still have joy right um only through christ only through his word um, awesome stuff caleb i mean th this is this is a conversation i'm sure that we will return to uh, at other points. I yeah, and some ideas on other episodes. Maybe there any kind of little hot points that we hit that you want to have us to do an episode on, please let us yeah, know. Yeah, dude, absolutely let us know because we would we would love to address specific questions on this topic. I know they're out there. I know you've got them. Uh, even if you just want to tell us kind of your story, we'd love to read that. We'd love to talk about it. Obviously, you know, things like that, um, yeah, unless you state otherwise, are not going to be anything but anonymized references uh, on the show. We would never go down and go, you know, Tom from, uh, you know, West Brooks, this and that, sent us this story about his wife who's just, uh, you know, burning all the, you know, anyway. So, no, it's none of that stuff. So, if you want to just talk to us about it or, or mull something over or um, even encourage us or uh, something that we can encourage you in, please let us know. We would love to be a part of that. Um, as it is, uh, I'm going to put a lid on this uh, section right here. Uh, and uh, Caleb, ask if you can pray us out of here, especially for our yeah. families and our children. Lord Jesus, we um, thank you so much for uh, giving us the opportunity to um, speak to listeners, that there's actually people that listen to us chat about some difficult things that maybe we can't discuss in the church or maybe maybe they don't have church families or we we lift up all of all of these people that that don't have church families or maybe come from broken families have never even really known what it's like to have a family here on earth where we we just we desire that they have someone come in their life that can show them what that looks like and and for those of you who who do know what it looks like lord we just we we ask that you move in them to disciple other people within their community and within their church um and show them the family of god or show show tim and i more and more yourself I thank you so much for how you reveal yourself in, in so many different ways and how you've done it with the family. Thank you for loving us. Teach us to love you better. 
In your holy name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Theology Untucked. Join us each week as we engage in all things theological, biblical, and cultural. These are the types of conversations we should be having in the church today, and we aim to play our part. Also, we'd love to hear from you. If you have a question you'd like us to address, or a prayer request, please send them to us. You can reach me at Caleb at TheologyUntucked.com. Or you can reach me at Tim at TheologyUntucked.com. Do note that your prayer requests remain strictly confidential. We will not be sharing them on the show. For more information or to support the show, please visit TheologyUntucked.com. Lord's blessings to you all. Thank you.